Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Seth Harp, Harp on Sports. The bar here on the Harp on Sports podcast, audio, and media network. What do we have in store for you here as we... Wrap up week two in the NFL. Start to look forward to the beginning of college football from the SEC's perspective. I'm going to get my predictions for the SEC and all of college football. We haven't had any upsets. Nothing's really taken place. It really hasn't. It really hasn't. Going to have those predictions for you coming up here on Wednesday's podcast, Wednesday show. But here we are. The Buccaneers bounce back. Uh, Duval dropping dimes, man. Almost for the Jaguars. The Jaguars jumpstart and then the truth be untold. So let's start here. Let's start with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers bounce back. You heard us say last week, everybody needed to chill out. Everybody needed to take a deep breath. It was one game. The Buccaneers lost on the road to the New Orleans Saints, who were 14-2 and the last two years at home. And they would have gone to the Super Bowl two years ago if they didn't get hosed in a pass interference call. Last year, they ran into a buzzsaw with the Vikings didn't play very well in the postseason. In the regular season, the Saints are almost unbeatable. The Buccaneers went in there with a new quarterback, new offense, new system, new running back, and got beat. What happens this week? They're at home. They jump up to a 21-0 lead. Now, they need to learn how to do some things. Big turnovers, right? They have the ball up 21-0, a chance to really put it on ice, screw up. Panthers score a touchdown, force three and out, come down and score another touchdown. Got interesting there for a while, but when you get right down to it, what happens? Patriots, so tough looking to get paid Tom Brady and not interchanging the word Patriots. What happens? Buccaneers win 31-17, and three things stand out to me. Three, three monumental things stand out to me in a game like this. And watching that, listening to it, here are the three things that stand out to me. One, they're able to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball. That's the thing that jumps up to me first. In the fourth quarter, Leonard Fournette couldn't be stopped. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers crammed it down Carolina's throat in the fourth quarter. They did. They ran it right down their throat. Leonard Fournette had, what, 100-plus yards rushing on, what, 12 carries? Whatever it was, 10 carries for 102 yards is ridiculous. He did. Leonard Fournette ran it down their throat in the fourth quarter. Didn't have an answer for him. Well, 60 yards were on that, 46 yards were on that one big run. So, so if I have 300 yards passing and I have two 80-yard touchdown passes, so what? So what? That's like sitting there going, well, I was two for six, but I had two home runs, and they were both three-run bombs. But I struck out the other four times, so I didn't have that good of a game. No, not how that works. Not how that works. So the fact that their offensive line took control, big, big, big. So that was the first thing to jump, bubble to the surface. The second thing, their defensive front had, what, five sacks? And Kung Su had two. Five sacks for the Buccaneers up front. That means they controlled the line of scrimmage. If you have great play up front, and what they force, four turnovers, three turnovers? If you have great play up front, and you force three or four turnovers, and they scored 17 points off those turnovers, it's tough to lose in this league. It really, really is. It really, really is. And got a long way to go. Got a long way to go. Only two weeks in. I said after week three, I can have a good gauge on where you are. Everybody overreacting over week one. It was ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. 
And not only everybody reacting over week one is ridiculous, now you're going to have a little bit more of an overreaction after week two. Now, there's certain things you can sit there and say, oh, my God, how do you recover from that? Like a gut-wrenching moment, like what happened to the Falcons. That's gut-wrenching. That's a gut-wrenching moment. <laughs> so that's crushing. However, at one and one, if I'm if I'm a Bucks fan, I look around and go, okay, now you go out to Denver. Okay, see how we do on the road. If you're two and one, then you're in great shape. If you're one and two, you got some work to do. You got some work to do. But remember, I saw Patrick Mahomes dislocate his kneecap in the middle of the year last year, or at least the first month of the year last year. Chiefs were fine. Chiefs were fine. I've seen teams jump, jump out to gigantic win totals and then get bounced in the first or second round. So everybody, deep breath when it comes to this, but they look good. Brady still has some work to do. The third point, Tom Brady and Mike Evans appear to be on the same page. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski aren't. But I've been to that dance before. I know the moves. I know the steps. Brady and Gronkowski are like the electric slide or the Macarena or the Hokey Pokey. I know how it works. Haven't done it for a long, long time, but I know how it works. So, there you go. So, the Buccaneers, they bounce back. What's Scott right? Bucks will play in the NFC Championship. Tiger will still still misses the cut. You're right, he missed the cut. He missed the cut. That's my last point. It's going to be the last part of this discussion, the truth be untold. I'm going to talk a little bit about golf and some other sports that – you are seeing a gigantic spotlight on them now. And it's funny because everybody talks about how the ratings are down in the NFL. That The truth be untold. We're going to get to that coming up a little bit later on in this. Uh, the Jaguars. I thought the Jaguars played well in the second half. They are used to going to Nashville and rolling over and dying. They didn't. For as long as I've covered them, which I spent five years in Jacksonville, as long as I covered them, they go up there and they lay an egg. They went up there and didn't lay an egg. They battled back. In years past, they're down 14, 17 points in the second half. That's a 35-point loss, gang. And it wasn't. They didn't roll over and die. They battled. They tied it up. They had a chance. Gardner Minshew threw a pick. We'll see if he continues to grow. He has so far. He's impressed me. He's really, really impressed me. Okay, he threw an interception under the two-minute warning when he was trying to move the ball down the field. Look, that's going to happen on the road in this league. We'll see the next time if he's in a similar circumstance if he makes the same mistake. And there's where you learn whether or not you're a franchise quarterback. But Gardner Minshew is starting his what? Is, is he even started double-digit games yet? He has now? Is he double-digit games? 12? 11, 12 games as a starter? 12 games as a starter? 20 games. 20 games we're going to have a... Well, look, when we get past Halloween with Gardner Minshew, we're going to learn a couple things. Give me six more games. Let's figure out where he was in the middle of the year. Let's figure out where he is at week eight. See where he is. This team's three and five. Okay, you can start talking franchise quarterback next year. I mean, if it's worse than that, then it's worse than that. I think I think this team is a seven and nine football team. At the beginning of the year, I said what? What did I say at the beginning of the year? Four and twelve? Five and eleven? My preseason predictions, I said five and eleven for the Jaguars. Three and thirteen, two and fourteen. They'll be lucky to win a game. That was nonsense. That was nonsense. Still is nonsense. And they're gonna be better than I thought. And I thought five and eleven. What did I say for the Buccaneers? 11-5? and five? Right there, through two weeks. I feel, I feel good about those predictions. I really, really do. Uh, but the Jaguars, look, DJ Chark came up big. Well, James Robinson, they've got a serviceable running back. Gardner Minshew made throws today in the second half 
on the road against a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year that franchise quarterbacks make. Now, is he a franchise quarterback yet? I don't know. Nobody knows. It's going to take a couple more weeks here, maybe another month, month and a half to figure that out. But he looked the part. He looked the part. He looked the part in the second half. For a team that completely stripped this thing down, completely stripped this thing down, that traded away Yannick Ngakwe, that traded away Calais Campbell, that traded away A.J. Boye, that traded away those guys, um, that traded away Ronnie Harrison. They're missing four of their 11 starters on defense from a year ago. Five, if you count free agency and some other movements. Half they've, they've almost replaced half of their starting defense. Offensively, you can see that offensive line start. Jawan Taylor looks pretty good, doesn't he? Brandon Linder, look, look they're figuring it out in Jacksonville. They are. And they got two first-round picks next year. What, a second, two-thirds, or whatever it is? They, if Gardner Minshew works, if you get to the end of this year and this team's 9-7 and seven and Gardner Minshew works and you have two first-round picks next year and you've got, what, five picks in the first three rounds, watch out. Watch out. Because we don't know what the Colts are going to do long-term at quarterback. Ryan Tannehill does a nice job. He does a serviceable job. He played well at times. He's played well at times. He played good today. Is he a franchise guy? Don't know. Don't know. And he's been in the league, what, six years? I do know this. When you put it on his shoulders to win, seven out of time, seven out of ten times you're not going to. Today, put him in field goal position and won. But this team relies on what? This team relies on Derrick Henry running the ball. Today, the Jaguars did a nice job holding him, what, to under four yards of carry? They bottled him up. Still had a monster day. Timmy carried the ball 20-plus times for over 80 yards. You still control the clock. And look, that's something with two first-round draft picks next year, two defensive linemen, maybe a linebacker and a and a defensive lineman. Maybe the Jaguars can start to go. But they're starting to figure some things out there in Jacksonville. They really, really are. So, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is they can win the division. No, they're not going to win the division. They don't have the horses for a 16-week stretch. But they can figure out this year whether or not Gardner Minshew is the guy. And the thing is, I think Gardner Minshew, as we said in our preseason predictions, Gardner Minshew is just enough the guy to get them to five wins. He's just enough that guy. Now, is he the guy that can get him to eight wins? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's that guy. We'll see. Today would have been a big step winning a game like that. We'll see what they do when they take on the Colts. We'll see what they do when they take on well, when they take on a playoff team. They took on a playoff team today on the road. They took on the division favorite on the road, and they battled back from double digits and tied it and had a chance to win it in the final two minutes and didn't. There you go. But Jaguar fans should be pretty excited. It's, an ugly loss. it's a heartbreaking loss, but you should be excited. Buccaneers fans, a calm resolve. Falcons fans, hmm. <laughs> Dan Quinn will get next week. He'll get next week. We'll see what happens after that. Let's see here. The NFL overall, what a fantastic product. What a fantastic product. I love college football. I do. I love college football, the pageantry, everything that goes with it. But when you strip college football, the fans, and you strip college football, the bands, and you strip college football of road atmospheres the nfl is an infinitely better product it is the nfl the nfl when you remove the pageantry away from it 
We have all been there, fellas. Ladies, you may want to plug your ears on this one. Fellas, we've all been there. Ever see your girl? She wears a lot of makeup the first time with no makeup on. Mm. Ever been in that position? <laughs> I have. That's what college football is. But she's beautiful. Let's see what she looks like without any makeup. Oh, Photoshop. No, college football is still a decent product. Kim Kardashian is still a beautiful woman, but Photoshop, right? Photoshop elevates that. Without the band, without the pageantry, without all the pomp and circumstance, the NFL is a better product. That's the truth told. It's the truth actually untold, but I'm telling it to you. You saw it. You're seeing it the first few weeks here. The other truth be told here, and this is also true, you see how much other sports need stars when they go up against the NFL. The U.S. Open wasn't even a sneeze today. It wasn't. You know, DeChambeau, oh, what a, what a big win. He's the only guy that finished under par. Great. Look. That could it had been so much it'd have been so interesting to see what if a Rory McElroy would have won by six shots, a Jordan Spieth would have won by six shots. It'd have been fascinating to see what happens if the Tiger Woods wins by six shots, what that would have meant. But back in June, when there's nothing going on, the US Open can shine. You see what happens when it goes up against football. There's one of these things that, oh, we have all these sports going on at the same time. It's so great, it's so awesome. Ratings are down in the NBA, ratings are down in all these sports. What's happening? You've got a gigantic cross-section of America. And what are they doing? The, this gigantic cross-section of America, right here. So I get my camera shot up. Right here. They are all competing for six different sports. You have college football. You have NFL. You have the NBA. You have the NHL. You have Major League Baseball. And today you had golf. You have six sports throwing down on a Sunday. What are you supposed to do? We're throwing down over the weekend when you count the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals on Saturday night. I haven't seen the numbers for that yet. Wasn't really competitive. So all the ratings are down. Look, ratings are going to be down. If I take six of you and I throw a $100 bill on the table and you split it up, and during this time of the year, usually September, I take how many of you? Two? Three? During this time, I'm splitting that $100 between three people, aren't I? That $100 is being split between Major League Baseball, college football, and the NFL right now, usually. Now I'm splitting it six ways. Oh, NBA Finals ratings are down. Of course they are. It's competing with football. Oh, the NFL ratings are down. Of course they are. The NBA is sucking some away, and so is Major League Baseball, and so is hockey. Everybody's ratings are going to be down. They all are going to be down. This whole thing, if you're going to point to any ratings, that's what made the Patri- or the Buccaneers game last weekend so amazing. It's the highest rated NFL game in four years on Fox in that afternoon slot. And you're competing against five other sports. Five other sports with two of them in the, in, in the depths of their postseason. You've got the Lakers and LeBron James and the Boston Celtics in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. You've got the two biggest entities in the NBA in their conference finals. You piggyback that with the Stanley Cup in, in, in the semifinals and in the finals? 
Major League Baseball knocking on the door of the postseason. Golf in the U.S. Open. You're going to point around and go, oh, the ratings are down, the ratings are down. Yeah, when you're splitting, splitting a $100 bill six ways, yeah, you're not going to have the same numbers if you're sp- splitting it three ways. That's what's occurring here. That's the truth. So you can sit there and say, oh, ratings are down because of the protests. Go ahead and knock yourself out. That's like saying, I'm fat because they put all the delicious-looking food up front at the grocery store. Saying the ratings are down because of the protest is sitting there saying, I'm just out of shape because I can't afford a gym membership. As you always hear me say, joggin's free. I'm going to go do it after I get done doing this. You go outside. It's a chilly night in Gainesville. By chilly, I mean 68 degrees. Right? At least last check I saw. So that's the truth be told. In all these instances, there's an explanation. Now, you can grandstand all you want. You can sit here and say, well, it's because people don't respect the police. Go ahead. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's not true. It's not accurate. It's not why the ratings are down. But there you go. And you saw that today with the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open, the US Open will have its worst rated ratings in. I'll make a deal. I'll make a bet with you. The U.S. Open will have its worst ratings ever. The U.S. Open will have its worst ratings ever. Watch. Why? Because it's going up against the NFL. The NFL will have lower ratings again than they did last year at this time. Why? Because you're splitting it with the NBA playoffs. You're splitting the NFL up over the course of the weekend with Major League Baseball. You're splitting it up with the NBA playoffs. You know the drill. You get it. You get it. Uh, Let's see here. What else do we have in store for you? Harp on sports. We are eight days away. We are eight days away. I dropped my pen. That's what I'm stepping on. Uh, We're eight days away. It'll debut a week from Monday. Looking forward to it. I have gone the longest without a regularly daily show. I filled in for the hosts over the summer here, but the coronavirus has caused us to delay this thing from April all the way here to September. It's been a long five months. And going back, my last show on the air was the national championship game in college football. How fitting is it that my last show on the air in Jacksonville was the day of the national championship game? And how fitting is it, how fitting is it that my first show here will be the day after the SEC season begins? So we really didn't miss anything in terms of college football, at least from the SEC's perspective. Hey, silver linings, baby. Silver linings any way you can find them. So there we go. Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports, the podcast. Harp on Sports, the Harp on Sports Media Network. Follow, share, like, share, follow, like, at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, harponsports.com, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. Follow, share, like, share, follow, like, subscribe, all of it, all of it, all of it. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to have our college football predictions. That's a little cheating, isn't it? No, it's not. I'm going to tell you right now, Clemson's going to make the college football playoff. I had to make it the college football playoff at the beginning of the year. I have two teams making the college football playoff that aren't ranked in the top five. Going to have to wait till Wednesday to hear that bad boy. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. Harp on Sports, the bar. Here on the Harp on Sports podcast, audio and media network. Remember, stay focused. Stay strong. Stay clean. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.